0: without fear you can't have courage because courage is looking fear in the eye and saying no matter the fact that i'm scared or the potential danger to myself i'm still going to step forward into this situation and it's not to say that you're weak for having fear we all hold it it makes it's one of the most powerful if not the most powerful instinct we have in us as human beings is fear My name is Johnny Elsasser and I am a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger and tactical commander to the U.S. Ambassador's protective detail. I have seen the struggle even the most hardened men have faced when they combat their inner demons, and I am here to shine a light on those struggles to show that no man is exempt from adversity and internal pain. Men from all walks of life share their stories of hardship, darkness, and perseverance so that every man knows that whatever he is going through, he is not alone. Evolution for men begins now. This is a soul fire production. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the art of masculinity. I'm uh, talking about men's mental health today. And there is an episode, or I think it was a podcast episode, where Andrew Tate was on there. And I know I I talked about some of the stuff Andrew Tate was talking about maybe a few weeks ago at this point but ultimately, um, i'm I'm kind of highlighting some of the things because I know he's a very controversial figure. And as I mentioned in my first take on some of the things that he's said, there are some things that are very valuable. And then there's some things that just kind of like are his opinion and and should be left at that. Like you don't have to agree with everybody's ultimate opinion. I think there there's a lot more to him than I think uh, meets the eye also. And I also think that he's trying to present um, a very uh founded and staunch position on masculinity partly because he believes it but partly because it also gets him clicks it also gets him people like me fucking talking about him because people are asking me about this shit uh and all that stuff so i mean he's doing a good job marketing himself in a lot of different ways that being said uh, he did discuss something on mental health and i mean granted I, I don't know his background in really understanding mental health i don't know his background in any form of education around mental health, uh, period. But one of the things that stuck out to me was he he's, he made the comment of mental men's mental health could be solved by honor, and I kind of like sat with that. You know, could honor and courage and pride, which pride has a has a, is a double edged sword, but could honor and courage and pride be components to solving mental health? I don't know. You can really give a blanket statement like that again, like controversial things, they they become clickbait. But at the end of the day, um, I think honor would give a lot more if, if men had that honor in themselves and in their belief systems and in the man that they are and how they present themselves to the world. When they have honor in that, they have honor in, in how they show up. They have honor in their word. They have honor in their value system. It negates it negates a lot of negativity about yourself, and, and, but it also creates a window of harsher criticism because that honor can really... It, like Full disclosure here, I believe men need more honor in today's world. That is not... like Don't think... Don't take, get this twisted. But I think that you have to have an awareness around honor. You have to have an awareness of when is honor causing you to have high levels of self-criticism. And in that self-criticism, men can go down an even darker path in mental health, in which they're actually struggling more. So we have to understand the limitations of honor in that capacity, but then also understand its value to holding us to a set of standards that we're constantly trying to achieve. When that standard is not met, or when we fall short of the level of honor that um, we, we intrinsically hold valuable to ourselves we have to also give ourselves grace. And I think the balance of honor and grace is where you can see a lot of mental health maybe prevented or uh, improved and negativity prevented, but you can also see a lot of awareness and self-regulation done in that balance. So when he talks about honor, I'm a huge advocate for this. And I think men need to embody some form of honor code within themselves, however they develop that, whether it's through their family value system, whether it's through their own development, through experiences in life, whether it's through the way that they view other men that have kind of been influences and how they've developed their own masculinity. In any case, however you look at honor, wherever you've gathered it from, I think men need to present that form of honor. I think honor is what kept men very strong in the past. I think a lack of honor today is not necessarily tied as much to mental health as it is tied to the deterioration of strong men within society. When you lack honor, you lack a stance, you lack a position, you lack a uh, boundary. And what I see today is men lack boundaries. Because of the fact that they don't have honor and because of the fact that they don't have integrity and because of the fact that they're devoid of situations in which real courage is, is engaged. I think all of those things are components to the ter- deterioration of masculinity. Do I believe that's, that, that is a mental health problem? I don't know that I agree with all of that. And I don't think that that's the deterioration necessarily of mental health. I think that's more of the food that we're eating. I think that's more of the information that we're receiving from society and the expectations from society and the constant berating of negative information from social media. I think those are more uh, contributing factors to the negativity or the decline in mental health. But when it comes to men in particular, I think that it's not necessarily the effect that it would have on mental health, but more the effect it would have on strong masculine figures within society. So long as that honor and that code is held to a, a positive standard for not only that man but for the people that he's influencing, on top of all of that, when you have honor, you start to you can engage in courage. So this is not something that's talked about very highly. I don't know that I've heard any guy really talk about this because There's a level of... So first off, we have to discover that fear and courage are two in the same. right? And I had a good, great conversation with Tony Blauer about this. He'll be on the show pretty soon, up and coming. Can't wait for you guys to listen to that episode. But Tony and I got into this conversation because he's got his program called No Fear, which is K-N-O-W, fear. And he and I are under the same belief that without fear, you can't have courage. Because courage is looking fear in the eye and saying, no matter the fact that I'm scared or the potential danger to myself, I'm still going to step forward into this situation. Now, courage can look that way in many situations in life. It's not necessarily physical the threat of physical danger or harm. It can be even having fear to go up to a woman because you've been shut down before and you're placing preconceived notions and limitations in that interaction. So you have fear. But standing up in that fear and saying, I'm going to go forward and take a shot and still engage with this woman is a level of courage, right? And courage has its own gradations within life, obviously, from bodily harm all the way down to something as simple as asking for a raise in your job. Courage can take place in all of those settings and at different value sets within those settings, as far as the potentiality of loss of life or limb, right? And so, when we look at courage, it is always in conjunction and relation to fear. And with honor, courage is easier to to be, be present within a man because of the fact that he's holding himself to a standard in which he does not want to succumb to fear. So this is all in a point to say that it's not necessarily mental health. I am so much believing that honor or courage is going to improve it is more or less, I think, that masculinity in and of itself would improve based upon men gaining honor and inherently holding more to the value of courage because of said honor. And then also knowing that factor of fear and embracing fear. Because fear, anybody that tells you that they don't have fear, there's not very many people that actually walk this world that don't have fear of something. And it's not to say that, You're weak for having fear. We all hold it. Hell, I did a speech just recently um, at an event, and although I've spoken tons and tons of times on podcasts in front of people, on you know news outlets and things like that, it still spikes up in me that sense of like fear when you're before you're going to go on stage because of the fact that you're delivering in front of people and you're delivering from rehearsed information that you've put into your mind not only that but you're also in the ability and presented with the position of being flexible within that talk especially when you don't have something guiding you like you know powerpoint or notes right and you're just you're making sure you're engaging with the crowd there's a lot of things that go on with that and so i can tell you right now that fear still comes up for me even in that even though i've dealt with being in combat, even though I've dealt with high stakes protection, like all of those things. But fear still comes up in that capacity. And it has to do with me wanting to present the best information to be somebody who's accessible, to be somebody who can deliver, but also to be in honor and integrity with my words and to not misstep on that or lose my train of thought. So there's a lot that's involved in that. But at the end of the day, courage is still getting on the stage and delivering that speech, delivering that message. None of us are devoid of it, right? We all should be like, yeah, I got fear and that's okay. I think that is a big piece to what makes us human as well. And you guys have heard me talk about this. It makes it's one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful instinct we have in us as human beings is fear. It drives us to. Exceedingly high levels of potential when fear is present because of the fact that we're wanting to deliver for some higher purpose, for some, uh, for some bigger purpose than just that moment, right? Like if you're, you know, preserving your life, that's a big motivator to deliver and to deliver a high level of courage and deliver a high level of capability. And the same thing is true when you're doing something that is scary is that that higher level of capability and courage is invoked through fear. It is going to push us to want to step up and deliver and be game time players when fear is present. And so saying that you have fear isn't weak, number one, but saying that you have fear and then utilizing that to actually catapult you forward is something that is a a talent. It's a skill and it's, it's powerful. It's incredibly powerful. So when I look at this, what he was saying, he also mentioned something around masculine essence. So guys, again, these are things where it's like, take everything with a grain of salt and don't just perceive that somebody knows what they're talking about because they're aggressive in their uh, posture or their words or their conviction. right? Like, What is masculine essence? There's nothing there that defines it. And as you guys know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, You'll remember the fact that masculinity does not transcend globally. It just does not. It did ancestrally due to the circumstances every single group on the earth was involved in, but it does not do that ever since pretty much the discovery of civilization and cities. We don't transcend masculinity. It just has not been proven, and more to the fact, it's been disproven that it transcends globally. So, masculine essence is not anything that we have to really concern ourselves with because it doesn't necessarily exist in my perception of masculinity. But what we can say is that, you know, if we're, if we're using honor and courage, right, and I'll, I'll discuss pride here in a second, but if we're discussing honor and courage that helps to meet this masculine essence, quote unquote, masculine essence. What I think we're really talking about here is that when you have honor and courage, you're fulfilling an ancestral tie to masculinity, because those were two things that were typically at least courage, in my opinion. I don't know that I can say honor was, but courage was always tied with masculinity. I think it was one of the key features to ancestral masculinity that we all inherently were given and expected to have within every society globally or within every uh, tribe, right? Prior to civilization. And like I said, the construction of cities and laws and everything. So when we look at that, we say, okay, it meets some form of ancestral desire within men. I would agree to that extent with that statement, but that's about as far as I would go with it. Hey, everyone, want to take a quick second here and let you know about my new book, Design the Man Within. It is all about getting the everyday man, the tools he needs to start becoming a better version of himself, but also becoming a man who loves himself and impacts the people around him positively. Go ahead to designthemanwithin.com and get your copy today. I am very proud of this book and it was the book I needed years ago when I started my journey. And so I hope that it can be that door opening book for every man out there to start his own personal journey with tools and tips that I've used to help grow through some of the darkest times in my life to become somebody who looks at the man in the mirror and loves who he sees. So make sure you head over to designthemanwithin.com and get your copy today. Now, he did say something I really, really value and I think was very powerful. And that is a trash output is what you give when you provide yourself with a trash input. This comes back to what we're talking about with what we're talking about with information and food. So what I alluded to earlier is the way that you are it's consistent with the way that you are going to present yourself as a man. If you put in terrible information and you're not critically thinking about it and challenging it, but you're just allowing yourself to consume shit information, well, you're going to have a shit output of information. And you're going to have a shit output of intellectual conversation, right? So whether it be that you're not inputting any type of quality information, you're just kind of numbing out all the time on stupid shit, games and fucking TV shows or whether you're inputting information from social media or news outlets that are basically out to condition your perception of the world instead of providing factual information, right? So you're allowing that information to penetrate your your mind, process in your mind and you're not challenging it or questioning it. You're just receiving it and then you're absorbing it. And that to my to to my perception, is a shit input. right? And that's where a lot of people are today. We saw that with the pandemic. We've seen that with politics today. People who spout off about Trump, they're basically regurgitating a narrative that is a false narrative about him. And it's just it's unimpressive for people to do that. And so what happens when you question those people? Well, they have a shit output in the conversation because they can't defend a position when there's no facts to be based, to base their position off of. And so I agree with him. When you're putting in shit information, you're going to have shit uh, information coming out, which makes you look like a fool. The other part is when we look at physically how we, per, how we are showing up in the world, it's a big level of importance. I think for men to present themselves physically f- strong and fit. You don't have to look like me. You don't have to look like a bodybuilder, but being physically strong and fit. If you present yourself that way to the world because you're doing an input of quality food and you're doing an input of quality time in the gym to work on your body, the output is going to reflect somebody who is confident, somebody who is strong, and it's also going to present somebody who is healthy. Those are all positive things for masculinity, for men in general, for people in general, it's, it's a positive thing. But for men, it is something that is expected of us ancestrally, right? So back to the ancestral ties. It is ins- expected of us to be, physic- be physical, physically dominant for the, the desire of protection of the tribe. When you look back, that is something that does relate to us and that is expected. So whether or not society, the society you live in, expects that anymore intrinsically within us, uh, cellularly within us, we've evolved from that mindset. And there probably is some form of like nagging, you know, peace in your subconscious. It's like, Hey bro, you still need to like, look, look fit. Like you should probably go to the gym. You should probably do something to stay healthy, right? Like this is where even people who are excessively overweight, they'll try, they know they're overweight and they want to get quote unquote healthier. So they'll try diets and they'll try to eat salads all the time and all that shit. But that kind of intrinsically is there for us. And I think that if we listen to that more, again, that is a good input. So you are going to present a good output as a man. And the rest of the world is going to see that. And so the last piece I want to discuss is is standards of old time respect and uh, family values. Man, this one is kind of a loaded question and as we're getting to the end of this episode, like I don't really have the time to go into it. I probably might just do a whole episode on this myself. But when we talk about the standards of old-time respect and family values, I think there is some there is a big sense of value for society today for those to be brought back, you know. Uh I've traveled a lot around the world. And there's still some cultures that really value the elderly within their society, the, um, or the elders within their society. And that has always proven to be a very uh, good thing for society. When we learn from the elders, we are able to process and gain information from the past that maybe we want to continue going forward, or we want to not repeat. Additionally, we're respecting we're respecting people who have lived life and they're at the point in which th- things don't work as well for them. So we're giving them a lot more grace and we're also respecting them for their wisdom and their value within society. Western world has uh, western civilization has completely lost this value for the most part. I don't see a lot of that transcending our nation, nor do I see it transcending our generations. Um, but you do see it in other you know, communities around the world. Uh, specifically, I've seen a lot of that in Asian communities, but there are others that do obviously highly respect their elders within society. And so that I believe is a standard, uh, a standard of old time respect that needs to come back and men are the ones that literally uh, can bring that back. You know, when we continue to show that, we teach the younger generation to have that value as well, and then we signify to the the females who do, who tend to probably have that respect a little more because of the fact that there's they're they're a little more heightened for not putting themselves in a position where they could be in danger. So being mean to somebody is not super it's not super in line with the feminine. But as men, we can still position ourselves as the authority in that respect, and then allow other people to see it and say, well, if men are doing it, that's things that we can follow in. And that's very nice, right? Like That's a good thing. So we can condition the next generation, and then we can couple with the feminine to provide that, especially to the elders within society. But the family values thing, I definitely believe there needs a high level of family values. I think that you need to come up with a structure for your family and create a value system together in which things remain a priority. Certain things are a priority and certain things are not a priority, just like you should in your relationships and just like you should with yourself. You need to discover those values and you need to let everybody know that you guys are all being held accountable to that standard and that your life Should be driven from those value standards, right? Because you guys are creating them. But it also comes down to reviewing those standards and making sure that they evolve along with your family mindset and they evolve with how you are wanting to raise your family together. So that needs to be an open conversation. I thought that was very cool. And I believe that to be something that most families should talk about. And I believe it to be something that most families don't talk about. So, all of this being said, Stemming from men's mental health, I think if you walk down the path of this episode, you can see how men's mental health overall could improve if you follow this. But more importantly, we can improve and we can evolve masculinity from this. And we can also continue to pass on that evolution of masculinity to the next generation. Uh, in a positive way and also show the current generation that it is time for um, change. Some back to some old values and some to some new values that transcend the lack of development from the elder generation that they just didn't know or didn't have the awareness to, to perceive. So anyways, that is what I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I talk a lot about some of these things in my book called Design the Man Within. If you have not gone out and purchased this, make sure you do. We're getting some great responses from people and reviews of the book. It's helping women understand the men in their lives, and it's helping men understand themselves better. And it's also allowing contemplation for men. To look at their life objectively and challenge some of the things that they've been walking through from the last, you know, 20 or 30 years of how they they've lived. It's time for evolution, and that's what Design the Man Within challenges us to do. So head over to Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, wherever you buy your books, go get uh, Design the Man Within and allow that to soak up in your mind and do the work because that's where the magic happens. That's the integration piece. So Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and as always, the world deserves a better caliber of man and it is our obligation to give it to him.